Welcome to Volcano Watch. This is a weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I'm one of your hosts, Corinne Jorgensen. And I'm your other host, Alessandro Muso. We are PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes, and we're here to give you all the hot volcano news. First, a quick update on some of the week's activity, and then the focus of the week. Let's get to it! Starting off in the Americas, Gerolo in Alaska has had uh, elevated seismic activity starting late May, though this last week uh, there has been an increase in SO2 emissions and this has raised the aviation color code to yellow. The volcano has been overall restless this week uh, with some low-level seismic activity and persistent magmatic gas emissions. Potentially this is an interaction between shallow magma and the true thermal system? Who knows? Great Seeking uh, Volcano in Alaska was also a bit busy. The eruption from the previous week caused a lahar. Okay, so Mount Hood in Oregon had a magnitude 3.9 earthquake this week, which occurred just 4 kilometers south of the summit at a depth of 4.3 kilometers. There was also lots of aftershocks, and this is actually really typical around this, this particular volcano. Um, but luckily, seismologists don't think it's related to a volcanic hazard. Okay, as per usual, Sabankaya had the tallest plume this week, <laughs> coming in at 7.6 kilometer tall. We also saw some impressive plumes from Sangay, Fuego, Popocatepetl, Reventador, Pacaya, Nevado de Rus, and Nevado de Chilan. In Asia, the highest plume of the week had a entry this week. It was reported that Samiru had a 12.2 kilometer tall plume, but it turned out it was just a cloud. <laughs> Otherwise, we had plumes from Swanos Jima, Dukono, Ibo, Ibeko, and Karaminsky. You know what, Corinne? Last week we, we said that we want to start a worldwide competition. Yeah, Samira. Yeah. So maybe maybe Samira say, okay, I, it's the time. <laughs> we want to win this competition with the Americans, but no. Potentially, <laughs> potentially. Notably, this week at Asama Honshu, there was a continuous gas steam emission on June 9th, uh, maybe indicating magma rising to the surface, which has been a typical warming sign for this volcano in the past. Seismic activity is continuing to fluctuate in the area. In Levotolo, in the Lesser Sudan Islands, um, there's been Strombolian activity this week, um, specifically on June 9th, and Scoria reaching 500 meters from the summit, as well as a plume reaching 1.8 kilometers. But we have some great news from Europe. <laughs> Mama Etna. Yeah, this week we saw Mama Etna doing some weak Strombolian activity over the week until June 11th, where there was a lava overflow from the main vent on the south flank of the cone. No big paroxysm that day though, until the night, when we got another powerful lava fountain. So this is interesting because this is a marked difference to what it's been doing the past month. Uh, an eruption and then a quiet period for a few days and then repeating this pattern. So and so and so. This time around, it continued unrest during the time between the two large eruptions, and this lava fountain was stronger and more similar to what we saw in February March. Very, very, very interesting. 
Okay, keeping in Italy, uh, Stromboli had some extra fun activity this week in addition to its regular every 15-minute little little adventure. So on June 11th in the morning, we saw increased spattering, lava flows down the sides from the northern crater, and it's thought that this is maybe a small surge of lava from, from down below. But then life as usual for the rest of the week. Technically, in Europe, Montpellier... Uh, West Indies, France. Uh, the last few weeks, the volcano has had seismic activity above its usual, and the thought is that it might be preparing itself for a new activity. There have been many low magnitude volcanic tectonic earthquakes. Okay, so Iceland, Falkadaskalt, has still been just kind of puttering along. It's kind of changed over the last yeah, few weeks from the lava fountaining to being more in favor of just constant lava floods. Anyway, so it was just puttering along, filling up the valley, etc., etc., until on June 11th, there was a big adventures with a tourist. So a tourist was seen in the webcams trying to climb up on the side of the active cone, which is not recommended. No, we, not all. we do not recommend doing this. Don't try this at home, guys. Then the lava flow erupted and started rushing towards them. This tourist turns around to run away. They fall down. And then they get it back up and run away, but are eventually saved by the lava branching out into a direction away from them. Wow. Oof. Big dramas. The tourists had made it to safety. Okay. Also, on June 13th, uh, we had a runaway lava flow. It escaped the valley and uh, flowed over the hiking trail, so the eruption site is now closed to tourists. Likely, we'll see a lot more of this kind of overflowing, as the valley is mostly full. Lastly, in Africa, uh, Niragongo, nothing too much to report, but its sister, Niamorajira, was reported to have a new lava lake, as seen by satellite footage. Okay, as per usual, thanks to our main sources, VolcanoDiscovery.com, and the various people on Twitter, um, it's now time for the Volcano! Let's go to it! For the two-day focus, we are going through another amazing post of Geochemistry, Mineralogy, Petrology and Volcanology Division of the EGU, the European Science Union. We recommend that you take a look at the GMPV blog because it's full of amazing geologic content. So, in today's focus, we are taking you on a journey through volcanic lightning, one of the most spectacular phenomena we might desire to see. Observing a volcanic eruption is already a spectacular thing to see, but imagine this in addition to having dozens of electrical discharges illuminating everything. But observing a volcanic eruption is also a very rare event in the daily life of the most of us, of course not taking into consideration all the people who live in the proximity of a volcano. Yeah, like those living beside Stromboli and in Hawaii who may even uh, not love the fact that they live beside yeah. a volcano. Maybe they are bored. <laughs> no, maybe, I don't know. I, I won't be. <laughs> so, observing volcanic lightning for most of us is even a rare event. But luckily, there are tons of videos and pictures of these mesmerizing events. And on top of my favorite media on volcano lightning, is there the eruption occurred at Mama Hetna on December 2015? Classic, your favorite is also always Mama Hetna. Okay, anyways, so what exactly is volcanic lightning? Well, volcanic lightning are also known as dirty thunderstorms, except for I don't really think of them as like a dirty thunderstorm. It's more like 
fluffy electrical clouds. <laughs> Anyways, they're lightning ads, really similar to those that we see in thunderstorms, but they form and rattle around ash plumes during paroxysmal events. These phenomena are often related to explosive eruption, and usually the more powerful the eruption is, the more lightning strikes are generated. But why do they form? So basically, the phenomena is produced by the interaction of ash particles within an eruptive plume. For example, if uh, the ash particles rub against each other, this kind of process produces electrical charging and charge separation inside the volcanic plume, generating lightning strikes. Should we be worried about being hit by such electric strikes? Well. I think that if you are so close to a volcanic plume during a paroxysmal event, potentially volcanic <laughs> lightning is your last problem. Indeed. So, okay, if volcanic lightnings are just electrical strikes and an ongoing eruption, then maybe we shouldn't worry about them that much. Then really, what's the point in studying them? I mean, they're cool, but is that it? Well, if you're new to this topic, you'd be surprised on how important this phenomena is um, with several points of view. Francisca Keller, in her really nice post on the GMP Food blog, summarizes how volcanic lightning can be amazing tools for multiple purposes, actually. They can be used to detect and monitor volcanic activity in remote locations on Earth and potentially on other planets. Indeed, they've already been used to monitor volcanic plumes under bad weather conditions, and Benke and Bruning uh, used this tool to investigate the dynamics acting inside an ash plume. Moreover, there are several studies inferring the role of the volcanic lightning in the origin of life. Indeed, electrical discharges through a mixture of determined gases might produce several compounds that are required for life to occur. A lot of the results is also focused on the effect of the lightning on the hash particles. If you want to learn more on this topic, we will put on our main social media and the link to the post of Franziska. So, it's clear how important this phenomenon is, and for that reason, in the last decades the number of studies on this topic are increasing, trying to understand how they form and how they impact on the ash particles. So um, a way to study this phenomena is, is to compare with thunderstorm lightning, and it's, it's interesting to think about how they differ from each other. Well, okay, so first of all, we, can, we know that the maximum current that they can reach is different. So for a volcanic lightning, you have about two kiloamps, which is way, way smaller than a thunderstorm where your current can reach 30 kiloamps. Also, there's a difference in the duration where a volcanic lightning has between 0.1 to 8 milliseconds, which is essentially nothing compared to the 200 to 300 milliseconds for thunderstorm lightning. But there's something that makes them really similar is that the high maximum temperature, which for both of them is between like 12,000 to 28,000 Kelvin, which is super, super high temperature. Crazy. Yeah, it's very impressive. So... Unfortunately, that's it for the two-day episodes. So thanks for spending some time with us. You can follow us on our main social media, Twitter and Instagram at Volcano underscore watch. And then see you next week. Okay, now we're done.